Welcome to this week's episode of Talking Tolkien. The episode involved this week is about chapters 15 and 16. These are rather dense, so we kind of break into them in a very interesting fashion. So, please enjoy. on what happened in this chapter. I'm kind of... That's why we have Katie and her fantastic notes. <laughs> we were talking about earlier, I was like, every time I take notes, I'm always like, God, I'm taking so many notes. But then I remember that that's the kind of student I was in school, too. I would take, like, copious notes and then read back through them. And not only were they very thorough, they were also, like, if I found something funny that my professor said, I would write it down verbatim. Uh, and just that would be interspersed within my notes, and I find that I do the same thing with Tolkien. I, I do that. <laughs> I do that too in class, not when I'm reading. But I would also intersp- I, would, I would have like my own internal monologue. Yeah. And I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck he's thinking right here. Would I would think, just like type yeah. in my notes as think of things and 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 write them in mm-hmm. as as you as you. I can. could tell my interest in what what was going on in class, where if I started outlining some idea that was currently running through my head, and then it just went off into oh, the class is over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't care that you're really smart and well respected. You got your PhD in 1962, and there have been about three intellectual revolutions since then, <laughs> and it shows. And I'm the product of one of them, and it's really frustrating. Um, but anyway, uh, of the Noldor. Uh, yeah, previously we talked uh, more about the Noldor. We're going to talk more about the Noldor today. Um, so previously, the Noldor have settled into Middle Earth. Um, last time we had the uh, spectacular death of Feanor, um, and burnt up, yeah, into ash. into ash. And we had the the whole deal with Madros, mm-hmm. uh, more battles with Mor- Morgoth, including and a dragon. Yeah, Finrod. Yeah, but the dragon was really wimpy. Yeah, the dragon was a wimpy baby. <laughs> and then we had a geography lesson. Um, so now we're going to continue talking about the Noldor. And geography. And geography, specifically of the Noldor and Beleriand. There were a lot of mentions of rivers in this. Mm-hmm. And that's my two cents in this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what, that's what Chase got out of this. There were rivers. Um, but actually, I mean, this. Uh, there uh, we, we learn about uh, uh, a kingdom called Gondolin. And uh, we learn a little bit more on Doriath. And we hear some more stuff from Thingol, and you're making very strange faces well, okay, so it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a spherical microphone, and it's silvery, so it distorts my face, and I kind of look Amish when I do this. Who made that, that, that sketch of him holding the ball? It's an infamous sketch of like a guy holding... MC a Escher? Yeah, Escher, who's holding that... Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. I just remember it's, it's, it's him it's holding a reflective. Okay. It's just, it's just yeah. really cool. It's, it, it's what it looks like. That's distractions <laughs> aside. Uh, it's... After after the war and stuff, Turgon, 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 still feeling weird about the fact they were at war for so long. Mm-hmm. Made it wasn't really a kingdom, but it was like a hidden away. I almost said village, city. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it took him to okay. The wor- word usage in this part was hilarious, mm-hmm. actually, because it said it took two and fifty years, like said something like that. It was like it was like. I inferred that it's 250, but it did not read like 250. Yeah, you that's, know what I'm talking about? that's one of those weird Britishisms. Um, like, 2 two and 50, I don't know. It's it's like a, a sort of archaic, strange Britishism. I, I myself would have gone for 10 score and 50 years ago. <laughs> I mean, it'd almost be like... Our if, four elves. If, if it was like giving us like just... Well, this is how many days it took. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so Turgon was you know one of the two who had been given this like strange, uh, foreshadowy message from Ulmo, yeah. and so again he kind of had this unrest in his heart. And Hi, Turgon. <laughs> I'm Ulmo. Man, I, I feel bad too. You're going to die. I don't <laughs> think that's what Ulmo would sound like. Yes, I don't think so. I'm gonna think about it from now on. <laughs> I now you're ruined. Um, so yes, but Turgon he finds this nice clearing. Uh, it, it, an island hill uh, that stood there. It was a hard, smooth stone in the middle of a lake, or an old lake, or a river. I, yes, 
something. It's an island. And, yeah, and remember that he had found this by like finding a way under the mountain. So it's kind of it's secluded and and hidden, and it's known as the hidden, uh, the hidden city. So he sets off to basically rebuild uh, Tyrion. Yeah, because he remembered its beauty and wanted to recreate it for himself. It's like he it's like he used to live in a place called York, and he wanted to live in a new version York? of it. So yeah. then, so then maybe he would yeah make a new Tyrion. Yes. <laughs> where is this again in the map? Like, okay, if Doriath is like in the middle of the map, where is this? Would so we are at the north, in the north part of the river Sirion, on the east side of it. East side of it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look it up on a map so I can know. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll not worry about it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> um. So yeah. So. He, uh, he I, I liked uh, the. Of course, we have a couple names for it. So he named the city Andolinde, which is uh, Valinor elf speech, or rather Quenya, uh, the rock of the music of water. Um, oh, that's a that's an old that's an old tie <laughs> yeah, yeah. back to the beginning yeah. of the book. Very pretty, very pretty name, and yeah, the music of water again, as we know, is like sacred and wonderful. It's like the weird last resonance of the of yeah. Is it is it Iluvatar or the Valar? Yep, the song of Iluvatar. Yeah, yeah. Which the humans are drawn to, but they don't know why. And so there's a there. He talks about there's um, fountains. Is that water? That just sounds like static. That just sounds like static. Yeah. There we go. Rushing water with frogs. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like my guts. <laughs> I, I hope don't I, know what I don't want to know what you had to eat. I hope your guts don't sound like that. Heard beans and rice. Mm. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, One more. So that sounds take a, a deep l- breath. That sounds a little bit better. And hold it in for ten seconds. No. And as you exhale, think about peaceful things. No. You should really go off your own personal exhaling and inhaling. <laughs> anyway, Umo... Wait, wait this, this has a clothes-drying sa- sound. I'm trying really hard yeah. to keep this podcast <laughs> under know, an hour long. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I it's going to be impossible with this one. So Umo deci- uh, tells him that he's going to protect this land, and he hides it, and makes it so that most people can't find it, or at least that it's very hard to find. Wait, did we say the, the Sindarin name, or was I just... Oh, I haven't... No, uh, uh... Okay. This, so uh, the, Chase, this, pronounce it, please. So Whoa. the Sindarin tongue, uh, it is named... I don't know, it's it's just, it's magnifying. <laughs> move, your, move your thumb. Okay. It's it's Gondolin. Yes. Gondolin. So yes. it is Gondolin. So yes. when I was reading it earlier, I was thinking Gondolin, and yep. that's correct. Okay, yep. good, mm-hmm. good, good. A good a good mnemonic is to use Gone with the Glen. <laughs> gone with the Glen. No. Um, <laughs> Which means hidden rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That was like a pickup line. Umo also sort of foreshadows here, and he says that this this hidden rock, this land, will uh, will be the one that lasts the longest against Melkor. Um, but he's but he he gives him a warning, which I always think it's important if uh, one of the Valar gives you a warning. Um, but love not too well the work of thy hands and the devices of thy heart, and remember that the true hope of the Noldor lieth in the west and cometh from the sea. So he's you know he's it's kind of a contradiction here. Like this is going to be like you know the strongest hold of uh, that will stand against Morgoth, but uh, don't get too attached to things that you make. <laughs> Just period. <laughs> don't get attached to things. <laughs> now, was it in this also in this part too where Omo? Gave not, I think, while giving the warning that that he would send somebody to report. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. Okay. Good. I didn't make this up. Mm-hmm. He was send a messenger or something to tell him if he had been betrayed, which sent, seemed crazy to me mm-hmm. in that way of like one day, and this is going to last the longest, so like thousands of years in the future, mm-hmm. almost going to send a servant, and they're going to be like, "Hey, you've been betrayed." Okay. Who? Mm-hmm. And it's blast back off. <laughs> it's like Western Union at the end of Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So he so he tells him to make like a special helm and a special sword and whatnot for this messenger to like don, so he'll know at that point that it's you know the messenger of Olmo. Um, I wonder does this? So, yeah. Don't answer this question. <laughs> does this happen later on in this book? I wonder. 
Like, will this happen? I'm, I'm never going to answer your questions okay. about what's going to happen like, later in the book. I, I mean, I feel like almost like it, it'd be like one of those things of, of it would be very concerning. I, I, I still just feel like it's not going to tell him who's betraying him, just that somebody's betraying him. Chekhov's gone. There you go. Okay. <laughs> that, that's actually a good example of what this is. And then we get into the section about Gladriel, right? Or am I getting ahead of myself? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... So yeah, Tarragon is very happy here, and you know makes his city as as beautiful as as it had been before, and um, everyone kind of lived happily in that city, and it became really really pretty. And again, he made it in the image of of the old city Tyrion, even building some images of the trees. Um, and it talks about how beautiful they are. But the trees have their own name. Yeah, Glingal and Belfil and Belfil. Belfil, mm-hmm. that's a good one. But then, of course, fairest of all was his daughter, Edril. Um, Edril Elba. No. <laughs> uh, and we her, the description of her beauty, of course, is, again, kind of, you know, likening her to some of the trees. Um, but it also likens her to a silver foot. Yeah, so it says, the, the silver foot, hair as gold as Laurelin before Melkor. And her other name is Celebrendal. Mm-hmm. The the silver foot thing I actually couldn't get past. Like it weirded me out how many times. The f- it almost was like reading this book and then suddenly like the way it would be using foot would almost be like, I'm pulled out of this now. This is weird. Okay, like it just was very blunt. <clears throat> oh, so here we go. Uh, the the end of this section of the chapter. Thus, Turgon lived long in bliss, but Navaros was desolate and remained empty of living folk until the ruin of Beleriand. Yeah. So is that foreshadow? Well, what what Turgon has done is taken his people from Nevrast and moved them to um, this to this new city because it's kind of secluded and hidden and safe. But he built he did all of that in secret. Yeah, did all of it in secret. I feel like this is not going to work out in his favor. It's like imagine we Nevrast is, is Sarajevo, and he's building the tunnel. Yes. They held the Olympics there like mm-hmm. six years prior. Well, I don't know. It, it's just, it just, it, the whole thing, this again, it feels like another foreshadowing chapter. We're going to set something up and then it's going to pay off later. <laughs> I can... mean, it does technically pay off in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Not to get too far ahead, but. Yeah, that's, uh, and again, this is this kind of uh, uh, pattern that, that Tolkien follows. Um, we have sort of a foretelling of things that may come to pass, and then later on we'll learn more about them. Uh, so, beyond this, uh, Galadriel and Melian are speaking. Melian is basically like, oh, I, I miss the old country. Please tell me of, of, of our ways. And Galadriel... That by, uh, uh, just to let people know, is not that's an a, accent that any of the elves <laughs> would probably have had. Oh, come on. The, okay, <laughs> Elvish is based on Finnish, and the Finns were once captured by Russia. And that was a knockoff accent of red from Orange to the New Black. Ergo, yes. But the Finnish don't have Russian accents. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out, sir. Have you seen the... Oh, no. Okay. So anyway, um, Galadriel will tell her stuff, and then she kind of stops at um, the, the... The death of the trees. Yes. Yeah, that was Is there crazy. Is for that? The death of the trees. The death of the trees. Yeah. You'd think there would be like some elvish name for like the first temper. Well, I mean, it's like death, death of the trees, the king slaying. So when Fenway died, and the Silmarils mm-hmm. and all that nonsense. Uh, yeah, and Melian keeps pushing her for more, and Galadriel keeps kind of reluctantly telling of this because, again, you know, she doesn't want to talk about the kin slaying and the ship burning and all the horrible things that. Oh, that, I meant to say, that, I didn't, I didn't the, say king slaying. I meant to say kin slaying. Kin slaying. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, there uh, that was the Noldor yeah. had done, but there was a king slaying. That's true. And she's basically like, okay, you, you guys either came here of your own will, or your messengers, or the Valar kicked you out. Uh, and none of those, <laughs> none of those are good situations. No. No. I mean, so, what actually happened was pretty bad too, but it feels like telling a story without a climax in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you know, Melian keeps pushing for more information, and finally, there's a there's a point where you know Galadriel won't say anymore, and Melian kind of backs off. But she does go to Thingol and she tells him everything that she now knows. 
Don't trust the sons of Feanor. Yeah. No, 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 no. (laughs) Well, and basically what Thingol concludes, rightly so, is that the Noldor didn't come just to help him. Mm. They came to seek revenge on Morgoth. Um, I mean, they also were his allies, but their main goal is defeating Morgoth. Yeah, it's like like Russia and America and World War II. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's like you sit there and you go... You, I mean, seeking revenge is kind of like you're going after like somebody who's a threat to us as well. But you guys are going to go about in a really bad way. Well, and, and we kind of worrisome. And we already know that because of this oath that the sons of Feanor have have sworn, it's you know, it, it's a very like kind of self serving oath in its ultimate end. That you know they're after the Silmarils and to take them from Morgoth and that's their ultimate goal and whatever happens along the way is water under the bridge water under the bridge yeah so so now there are all of these kind of rumors that are brewing among the Sindar in regards to the Noldor um, because people are starting to hear about uh, you know what is what's happened and uh, the 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 Noldor the princes of the Noldor kind of come to to speak with Thingol and you know there are very heated words exchanged and then Thingol gets very angry and says well I'm going to cast you out of here you um, don't belong here yeah not at all and he says you know I'll, I'll be friends with the sons of Finarfin and and Fingolfin because they're very close kin to me but um but I can't have you here um. So, the other thing that he does here is... Kind of tyrannical. Yeah. He banishes the Quenya language. Which is crazy. Yeah. Really crazy. Because, you know, again, he's saying, like, the, the tongue of the house of, of Feanor will not be spoken here. And uh, the Noldor will have to, like, if they want to deal with us, they're going to have to speak Sindarin. Um, but why didn't he then, like, banish Tengwar? The Wait, which script? one was that one? Tang- yeah. Tangor the script. is the script. Oh. That's a good question. I mean... Well, I mean, do the Sindar, Maybe it's about hearing it? Do the Sindar do the use Tangwar? Because it was invented. Um, in Valinor. We don't... We, we haven't really seen that discussed. Yeah, yet. I mean, not at least mm-hmm. not by this point there's any like record of them having written. Mm-hmm. I know... We know that they do. Because it's mentioned it previously. I mean, I mentioned that part of the things with the elves coming about was mm-hmm. that they eventually, like, Feanor made written language better. Mm-hmm. He didn't invent it, but he made it better. Yep. So that was part of it. So and it, again, it, that's a product of Feanor, so... Hmm. I don't see them using Futark script. <laughs> which we have not gotten to yet, Chase. So now, from, from this point on, Quenya, at least, uh, you know, among... Um, Thingol and his people and anyone else who is not one of the princes of the Noldor, Quenya is spoken only by the lords of the Noldor among themselves, yet that speech lived ever as a language of lore wherever any of that people dwelt. So it's kind of like a dead a, a dead a language, language now. of lore. A language of lore. Cool. Yeah. Which, this, this whole kind of thing, like, you know, Tolkien was a great linguist, so this is a, a I don't know. It's, I, I just find it fascinating that he's accounted for, like, you know, languages becoming extant. Is it like... I mean, it's not exactly like that. I mean, it, I mean it, I'm just trying to think of, like, civilizations that have died off, mm-hmm. but we still have references to their language, but no one could speak it, because no well, one's like, ever heard anyone speak it. Yeah. Like, uh... Like, you know, the usage of Latin that's used... I'm just going to say nowadays. a dead civilization, and maybe y'all can help me out. Mm-hmm. Like, Sumerian? I mean, we don't know yeah. exactly that yeah, language sounded like, right? Text. Or, like, you know, <laughs> Sanskrit. <laughs> but yeah, we could probably... I mean, we, we extrapolate Sanskrit based on what's, like, derived from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, ancient Egyptian. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. They actually yeah. say cat, horse, mule. Yes. <laughs> cat, horse, mule. <laughs> So yeah, so we have had um, we have some, you know even more brewing tension between the different uh, sort of groups of elves now. Well, now they're all jumping at shadows. Mm-hmm. Is what it feels like. They're all very paranoid now. Now it's not just the people who like the Feanor's people 
aren't just the paranoid ones. Everybody's the paranoid ones, and they're kind of going, that paranoid one is more mm-hmm. paranoid than me. Yeah. Well, and whether you've been given some kind of message of doom from Ulmo, or whether you are one of the Sindar elves hearing rumors about the Noldor and how they mm-hmm. are, you know, kinslayers and ship burners, um, yeah, people hear things and, and become wary of one another. Um, That's really it of chapter 15, mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, the one other thing I had written down was this element of that the uh, that these people, re- that there's this, like elves that really don't have a home anymore. They're kind of like lost elves forever. Are they going to be like that forever? Like I'm talking about like uh, Feanor's people that got kicked out. Ah, yeah, they they don't really have a kingdom or land now. Well, basically, they're they they they're sent forth from Thingol's kingdom, and he says, kind of, you know, go go find your own space, and again, I'll be friends with uh, the families of Fingolfin and Finarfin. But um, I mean, I guess I don't come care up, to deal with you all. That I guess much. it'll come up later. It just mm-hmm. seems like right now we just got some lost children of elves. Oh, and eventually, someone does come forth and tell. Kind of the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's why Thingol becomes so enraged because he finally learns of this whole story. Yeah, is, is Angrod? Am yeah. I not remembering someone important? Angrod is one of. Um, I wrote down. I mean, I have Angrod on my notes, but I don't remember much description of that person. He's one. I want. I want to say he's one of Madros' sons. All of these family trees get very, very muddled in my brain. Move to <laughs> talk, talking. Siri, who is Angrod? Angrod was a famous scientist. Let me think. Here's uh, what I found on the web. Yeah. I said Android. I wasn't expecting it. But it, it, it just it, the point is just the character who says, hey, I know what happened. Yeah. Some dark stuff happened. That was pretty freaky dicky. He was a son of Finarfin and Lord of the Noldor. That's what I He was okay. the elder brother of Galadriel and the younger brother of Finrod. How would... Hmm. I feel like that's someone who would have come up earlier. Am I uh, wrong? No, like, we we don't. Sometimes sometimes we haven't heard of uh, someone's brother who later comes up. His yeah. name was a cinderized form of his Quenya name, Angarato, which means Iron Noble or Iron Champion. This is a reference to his hands of great strength and an early received Epese Angamaite, Iron Handed. The man with the Iron Fist. Yes. It's a great movie, by the way. In the published Silmarillion, Orodreth is given as Ang- Angrod's brother instead, following non-final versions of the story. This was an editorial decision by Christopher Tolkien, which he admitted as a mistake. Weird. All right, then. Well, we know who that guy is. But anyway, now we're going to talk about a different elf. Now, this was a proper... This is the dense part. Like, this chapter is shorter than the previous chapter, but my God, did it feel like a lot happened. Well, we basically have covered an entire lifetime of, or not an entire lifetime, but a very large part of a lifetime. Yeah, because spoiler, there's a part in here where someone like, oh, hey, we're getting married. There's a kid now, (laughs) you know, and they're basically fully grown. (laughs) So, so, (laughs) (laughs) three, two, one. (laughs) So if you, no, um, this chapter is of Maglin. Yes, go ahead. Oh, um, so. We start talking about uh, the White Lady of the Noldor, uh, whose name is Aradel, and she is Fingolfin's daughter. And, you know, previously we had talked about this this city that Turgon had built, um, Gondolin, the Hidden Kingdom. Well, so she she's the brother of, or the brother, she's the sister of Turgon, and she lives, uh, she lives there with him. But she kind of grows restless there and gets tired of it. Even though it's so beautiful and kind of like a shadow of Valinor, she grows tired of it and wants to leave. At some point, paradise is even boring. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to go see some trees. Yeah, I want to go wander around in the in, in the plains and the trees and see different things. So, Turgon doesn't want her to leave, but he finally decides to let her go. Um... She she says she uh, she wants to look for their for their kin and he's like I'm okay go fine see Fingon. yeah you, you can go look for Fingon. Fingon but I'm gonna send a guard with you and they have to come back 
Well, and then doesn't she? And then she tells the escort, "Hey, I want to go find the sons of Feanor. Mm-hmm. I want to skirt with the bad boys." Yeah, which this is very important. Turgon, uh, so remember that this this hidden city is such that you know it's um very 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 difficult for people to find. And once somebody finds their way there, they can't leave. And if anyone were to leave the city, um, well. Turgon basically doesn't want anyone to leave the city um, because then that person out there could find their way back and lead people to the city and did, again, did anyone defeat else, the purpose of it being hidden. Did anybody else as a child read William Penn Bois's The 21 Balloons? No. I've heard of that. It's such a good book. Long story short, this like adventurer who decides to sail around the world for a year in a hot air balloon crash lands on Krakatoa and it turns out that there's an island of incredibly wealthy Europeans there who just sell diamonds from the volcano yeah that's a great and they won't yeah. let them leave because they want to keep their society I remember that now man that was a long yeah. time that's a deep pool so when you have something that's very special like a land like Gondolin or whatnot, yeah you want to hide, keep it hidden from people and mm-hmm. not let too many people come like to my it. apartment here y'all are stuck here exactly. forever exactly we're stuck here forever that's all my special things we must, my, we must I, die I, here it's not like I used to live here or anything. My, my Wonder Woman pictures and my sombrero from Halloween I still have shit hidden here <laughs> you'll never find it but yeah so she she says I want to go find the sons of Feanor. Uh, I, I must have missed how she left, she she got the guard away. Well, so she she did end up telling the guard. She was like, "Listen, okay. I'm I'm gonna go search for for Feanor, or the sons of Feanor. I'm going um, I'm going north. You guys go south." Um, and that doesn't seem like a smart move. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> Eventually, she does get like lost from her escort and uh, every and the guards were actually remember killed by Ungoliant's nasty yeah. creatures and so of course you know nobody knows what has become of Aradel now nope they go searching out there and they don't find anything because she's just off in the woods and there was a reference that the woods still have some of the power left of was it a Valar something that like there was a reference to the fact that one of the Valar's power is still over the forest, so it's so thick and deep that she can't she can't leave. She basically just can't get out. She's just completely lost. Uh, Am I making that up? Am I making that up? That comes a little later, actually. All right. Okay. So, um, as a, as like a counter narrative to what's happening right now, we're introduced to a dark elf who lives alone, and he his name is Ale. And he is friends with dwarves, dwarves yeah. and they teach him metal making, and he creates his own metal. And it, it is it is like steel, but it's black. It's as black as jet. And he makes black armor out of it, and it kind of reminds me of Shadow Link and Legend of Zelda. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest here, this this bit about like the dark elf living alone and like hating society in the forest feels a little bit out of place. It's, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because it's such a I don't know. It's such a kind of. The loner elf was not something I expected from this chapter. <laughs> it's a very played out kind of fantasy pop culture trope. Granted, I mean, gift of foresight here, but still. He's a weirdo. Yeah, so <laughs> basically, yeah, he, 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 he lives in this very dense, dark forest and, um, you know, likes to kind of wander about under the stars, which kind of makes him similar to Aradel in that respect, because she likes to wander a lot, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so one day he's, you know, wandering about and he catches a glimpse of her. And it and drives him up the yeah, wall for some reason. Yeah, enchanted by her. Well, again, remember, she's like, she's... Ridiculously... She's like, like the white lady. She's, ridiculously fair. Yeah. Um, so he, he decides to, you know, lure her in. And he, so this is, this is kind of like uh, flashing lights, warning signals. He set his enchantments about her so that she could not find the ways out, but drew ever nearer to his dwelling in the depths of the wood. It's like a funnel of forest into like a hole in the ground. That's his home. <laughs> <laughs> All this seems okay. There's, I don't know if there's dwarves hanging around, but. I, I, my, in my brain, when I was reading this, was thinking there's dwarves around. And I was like, there's no way this is going to work out. Boop, married. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's like, so, so <laughs> yeah, okay, and it worked, and he took her as his wife. Um, so, 
Then, like, immediately after that, we're told that, you know, she she has no bitterness about this marriage. She's not living an unhappy life or anything. Um, she, 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 she got used to it and came to terms with it or something. It, yeah. It, it's weird, but we'll, well go over that, I guess. Again, they, you know, they, they, they wandered around a lot together, which is something that she loved to do. And sometimes she would even get to wander by herself as long as she didn't leave the forest. Um, and then they had a son. Megalyn, is that is that did I say that right or Megalyn? Megalyn, Megalyn, I like I like Megalyn though. It Megalyn. sounds like a transformer. Yeah, it sounds like a transformer. Michael Bay directed this one earlier. No, no. I'm curious Not, enough to see what that would look the like. The fact that you've even said those words like gave me heart palpitations. <laughs> no. Just for the record, everyone in the film industry, Michael Bay is not allowed anywhere near the Silmarillion. What about what about what about um, that dude whose film is coming out with Julian Moore in it? David Cronenberg. That dude. <laughs> I think he would get the stuff with Ungoliant, right? I don't know about the whole. Uh... Mm-hmm. What about David Cronenberg, Lynch, and Fincher? I feel like it'd have to be a team of directors, like how probably the Lord of the Rings should have been. Mm. Not the Lord of the Rings. Um. The Twilight Zone movie? The whole thing. The whole, like... Is there a word for all of Tolkien's work, the universe? Well... Um, I mean, an historian would say his corpus. Well, I mean, like... But there's not, like, an overarching... No, there's not, like, an overarching... Not like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No. No, I just... I mean, for this universe, this world... We just say Middle Earth. Yeah, most people it. say Middle Earth, Middle even though Earth, that's factually yeah. incorrect. I know yeah. that's that is because that's it's just, not even the whole world. That would be Arda. It'd be more, yeah, Arda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arda feels more appropriate. Mm-hmm. But I just can't drop. But Arda. again, or Aya. I could drop that in a conversation and act like I'm. Aya would be the whole universe. Yeah, that's a universe he's building here. Mm-hmm. But that would encompass us as well. So maybe we shouldn't do well, that. Okay, we're getting a little <laughs> metaphysical. Here. Uh, so anyway, uh, she she names him. Uh, only in her heart, I like this. In her heart, she gave him a name in the forbidden tongue of the Noldor, Lomion, that signifies child of the twilight. But his father gave him no name until he was 12 years old. Wow. Then he called him Maeglin, which is sharp glance, for he perceived that the eyes of his son were more piercing than his own, and he thought he could read the secrets of hearts beyond the mists of words. And this was elements where this these two elf... Um, like one is el- one elf family, the other one's one another elf family mm-hmm. coming together to make this kid who's just this like amalgamation of like he's like mm-hmm. sharp like his dad, but he's but he's thinks like his mother, and he's hungry like the wolf. Yes, <laughs> which again, you know, Aeol was a, a, a Teleri and Aradel is a Noldor, so this is like a marriage of two houses that are kind or have been clashing, you know. And uh, he's gonna bring them together, yeah, right? Mag- right? Yeah, right. Ma- Maglin is the right? link. <laughs> but it, he he starts kind of like having this like drawing to go back to the Noldor, to back to like his mom's people, mm-hmm. and he does he he leaves with her. Like they go together, right? Yeah, I might so, be skipping around a little bit. Well, yeah. So he, you know, f- he. He really loved his mother more, and he loved to sit and listen to her stories. And, you know, one day, you know, Ale was uh, at a feast with some dwarves, and Maeglin was like, hey, Mom, let's leave. I want to leave here forever. Let's go to Gondolin. Let's go find Gondolin. And because he wants to find Turgon and he wants to find this great city that he constantly is wanting to learn more about, but his mother kind of, like, you know, very halting about, about it. He's like, he's like young Hansel and the flashbacks at the beginning of Hedvig and the Angry Inch. <laughs> There's a reference, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just, for some reason, what's his name again? Not Maeglin, I know that. It's Ale. Ale. Because mm-hmm. he's a real Ale. <laughs> well, I just was thinking, like, he's he's showing up now drunk and belligerent and is like, just wondering what's happened. No one's home. What's going on? And seeks out after them. In like a drunken super with a trail of drunken dwarves behind him. Just the image I like to think. It's not really said in the book. Well, he was he was certainly drunken with anger. Totally. Because he comes back and finds that, yeah, two days ago they've gone, and so he sets out after them. Um and, you know, eventually Maglin and his mother find find the city. Good for them. I well, don't know. Okay, so what happens first is they get to a place where they get close to the city. Mm-hmm. And they, is it like a, a marsh that they're in or something? They abandon mm-hmm. their horses. Yeah. And um, 
that is when Aeol catches up with them. And he sees them, and he sees that she is trying to remember where the path is. And so he just kind of, like, stays, like, hidden until she finds it, and then he can just follow her. Okay. Right. Because it's, it's a hidden path and the only way to the city. And, yeah, so then, so Aeol, yeah, Aeol comes ac- across Kurafin, who, uh, you know, find, who then finds out that Aeol had taken Aradell as his wife, uh, without sending any sort of notification to yeah, her family or anything. We don't like this. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Who are you? So, you know, Aeol gets past Kurofin and, you know, already has this kind of hatred for the Noldor. Um, and finally, yeah, Aradel and Meglin get to get to Turgon, and uh, Turgon uh, immediately welcomes them. Like... Gleefully welcomes them, right. just overly happy, and I'm just this this guy is crazed with happiness, and you know loves Maglin, who in turn loves the city of Gondolin. He's kind of mesmerized by it. And remember that that Maglin is kind of interesting in that he he doesn't talk a whole lot. He's kind of very stoic, but when he does speak or when he when he does speak up, it's very humorous. No, <laughs> he's very like strong in his words, and he's also very very like. You know, if 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 Maglin is speaking up, it's important. But the only word he can say is Maglin, and that's where George R. <laughs> R. Tolkien got the idea for. No, sorry. I, I was just thinking it would be funny if, like, he's like someone's like asking this big, long, intricate question about like uh, why should we care for these people and why what what should we do about this whole situation that might be coming up with food, and he just says. Yes, like a power whisper, <laughs> and they're just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> now that see, I do think that. So, if we were to cast Maglin, I do believe he would be a man who would have to have a great power whisper. Alec Baldwin or John Hamm? <laughs> I think they're a little old. They're a little I old could because see, remember I could, he's an elf. I, th- I would see John Hamm as a old, maybe like John Hamm in like kids' clothing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Like, I, I I keep thinking Maglin's way older than he really is in this. Yeah. Um, He's like twelve, maybe older than that. Yeah, I would say so. It's probably older. He, o- o- definitely older than twelve. I guess we don't really know, like, at what rate elves physically mature. <clears throat> I, I've been, I've been wondering. That. I've been playing through Mass Effect again, and I was thinking about that same thing and stuff like <laughs> that. Like, I just the elves age. Like, when are they? Like, do they like? Go through like pre-teen-like years, like the same way. Like it's like like when well, you're a teenager, it's it's same line up, and then like you just like hit a point where you're like 25 and you just don't age. Yeah, you mean how in Mass Effect we only see one child in like 100 hours of gameplay, and it's a human, and it becomes like the avatar for the soul of the game. We'll talk about that somewhere else. <laughs> but <laughs> on our Mass Effect podcast. The, but the uh, but the about around this point is when Ao, right? Ao. Ao. He comes up. He gets into the city, like uh, still drunk. I don't know why, but he comes up and he comes in the city, and he they don't, they don't like him at all. Well, so the, then there's like a guard, and the guard's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "I'm Aaron, 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 husband, yes. and, that's, and that's my son." And I was yeah. going to say Arendelle's wife, but yeah. Arendelle is the village from Frozen, <laughs> and he's not a wife. So he says, "I'm um, his her husband." And then he goes up and he like goes in between uh, Turgon and he's like, yo, and Turgon's mad. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Aerodel's like, he followed us, even as I feared, but with great stealth was it done, for we saw and heard no pursuit as we entered upon the hidden way. Which, which, is, which is capitalized. Hidden way is capitalized. It means he's good at his job. Uh, but... So, and then, like, this is when Turon gives him that, like, choice. Like, ultimatum. You either yeah. stay here forever, God forbid, and, or we throw you, we, we kill or, you, or, or we you kill die. you. Because no, no one can leave here, because we, you yeah. already know how to, make, how to get here. Yeah, so he's like, I'm here for my son, just give me my son, we'll go. I, I pinky swear not to tell. And they're like, no, and no. he's like, fine, you made me do this. And he pulls a hidden, like, spear out of his cloak, and he's like, then I choose this fate for my son and myself. Throws the spear at a sun, but it was described as a dart, right? Well, it was a, it was he. I think I think the word in my copy is javelin. Mine was that's dart, right. Actually. It was javelin. Javelin. Wow, yeah. weird. Okay, mm-hmm. mine was actually dart. I mean, yeah, it says dart later, but that's when talking oh, about the okay. dart itself. But yeah, so he takes this javelin from his cloak and throws it at his son, saying, "You know, like okay, well then we'd rather die." Uh, and what happens? But 
Sorry, I got that. Just thought of something funny. <laughs> there, there's, there's, there's a military weapon that's used called a javelin, <laughs> and it's a really weird looking rocket propelled grenade. And that's what my brain went to just then. We said javelin. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Pretty Keep sure going. we're talking about just a spear here, but so yeah. So uh, Aradel, of course, jumps in front of the in front of the javelin to save her son, and it pierces her in the shoulder. Um. So you know. Now Ale is immediately taken into custody. Um, they just go ahead and just, they basically kill him, right? Well, they take him before the king for judgment. Oh, er- yeah, Aradol right. and 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 Idril as well are both trying to uh, to to get the king to show him mercy. Um, but then Aradol died because the dart of the javelin was poisoned. And Still in her, well, for some reason my image just went to her, it's still being in her shoulder, even though she's in front of the king, like, you should probably take that out. Oh, I probably should, dead. <laughs> but, yeah, poison it. Another, like, horrible tragedy happening in this world. Right, because now he has become a kinslayer, right? Um, and essentially, yeah, killed his own wife. Um, so yeah, they, they throw him off the walls of the city, because clearly no mercy for him now. No, yeah. And now Megalyn is an orphan. Yeah, and Ale, of course, you know, before he dies, he, like, curses his son. He says, So you forsake your father and his kin, kin ill-gotten son. Here shall you fail all, of all your hopes, and here may you yet die the same death as I. And then Megalyn says... Nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I could just imagine, it's like, I, I just stood here. I literally just stood here right <laughs> Like, yeah, I came back here, and I, that was my plan, but I just stood here while you threw darts at me. Yeah. Weirdo. So so now we have... Um, Wait. You okay? What? It's like a movie or a TV show where a character had killed his wife previously because they were playing William Tell. Or maybe it's a play, and they make a big deal out of it, and he doesn't want to deal with the fact that his wife is dead. I have no clue what you're talking uh, uh, about. <laughs> that that happens in Inland Empire, but it's not a wife, it's a husband. No, it's not a... Oh, dang. Anyway, sorry. You come <laughs> back to that. <laughs> so now, uh, Maeglin is kind of left to live in Gondolin now, uh, as an orphan. Um, and... You know, he, he prospers here, and remember when Thingol first met him, he was like, oh, you could be a great prince of the Noldor. He sees a lot of potential in him. And indeed, Maeglin does kind of flourish here. Um, he he helps improve their weapons. He's very wise. He's just as good as with materials as his dad Oh, is. right. It's William S. Burroughs. He killed his wife because they were... Oh, yeah, okay. Why didn't, why didn't I pick up on that? I even our sent old, you the podcast where I heard that, and you yeah. liked it. William, our, our old William Tell ritual, or routine. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Crazy. Um, he fights He fights in wars alongside Thingol, um, and he becomes very, very mighty. Uh, in fact, the greatest save one and the most renowned of their realms. Um, so, you know, probably the second greatest of the Noldor is, is since Feanor, you know. He seems worth it. He doesn't talk a whole lot. He kind of yeah. just does whatever. Again, he's very <laughs> stoic and very strong. But at the same time, he's always constantly, like, under this shadow because he had fallen in love with Idril. Um, who couldn't care less. Who couldn't care less. <laughs> And also, like, it, she's too close of a kin for him to marry. It's, like, it's very weird about the Noldor. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, she couldn't give him the time of day. Um, and so he's, uh, he's, you know, rejected by her. So instead of love, he then seeks power. Uh-huh. Which is that, just uh-huh. that itself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, this again. And we end this chapter with uh, a statement that seems, like, rather foreboding, right? Thus it was in Gondolin, and amid all the bliss of that realm, while its glory lasted, a dark seed of evil was sown. Gah. Of course that was going to happen. <laughs> we can't have, like, bliss and happiness too long too in any long. of these realms, because uh, someone's going to start seeking power, and then something horrible's going to happen. So I feel like right. at this point, men are, like, hanging around, and it's already just, like, it's, like... Did I have a total memory lapse and, like, forget that we talked about his turncoating? 
I don't know anything about that. All I know is that it just says, oh, hey, this guy has the seeds of evil in him thanks to, you know, being in... Like, not... No, no, no. not well, getting while, while okay, Turgon went to help Fengon, so sent some armies, and then Maeglin <clears throat> deserted them and joined Turgon. I mean, joined Fenrod, right? Oh, where's that at? What, what part isn't, that, isn't that... Am I just, like, hallucinating here? Because he wanted to be closer to his... You want to know more about the Noldor? Oh. I could be entirely wrong. I don't you know. may be because I do not recall that. I, I, I recall vividly reading that, but I did have a fever earlier today. That might be something that's coming up later <laughs> that you either somehow knew was going to happen. I didn't get anything like that. Um. Be really funny if at the end of this you just say that was your favorite part. <laughs> My favorite part was the part I made. The part yeah. I did really. Um. So yeah. So we we had you know more, more more unrest among the elves. Okay. In in this time. Okay, that just didn't happen at all. Yeah, oh, really? I was gonna say that's I I'm, I'm almost a hundred percent sure I've never. <laughs> okay, that's very strange. I, I have okay? no idea where I came. <laughs> But, th- yeah, this didn't seem as dense when we were breaking it apart. I don't know why it felt mm-hmm. so dense to me when I was reading it. I was just not... Well, that, entire, that for- entire chapter was pretty dense in that it was like all all of that happened just in that chapter. But Okay. <laughs> I, I had to like... I had You're to not like, wrong. I had to like... I, I sandwiched reading this section in between. Usually, like, when I read this, like, it's like in the morning or something. I have a lot of time to do it. This time, I was like sandwiched between what I had to get done at work... What I had to get done, like I had like three solid ideas I wanted to outline that hit me all at once while I was reading this. So it was like this like tug of war in my brain. So this part I didn't like this. These two parts I didn't quite enjoy as much. But now like thinking back on it, I really dig dig the story with Maglin mm-hmm. and how he came about. Mm-hmm. If I were to say anything was my favorite part, it was that whole story of Maglin. Then yeah. My favorite part of the part that I hallucinated. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> I was, yeah, it's, I was it's sure a good story. Good. I don't care if it's not canonical. <laughs> that is a great story. Maglin, yeah, just, you know, being a traitor. But I, I could believe that. <laughs> he was that a traitor. He just wanted to get closer to the Noldor. Okay. Like, I, I, that was his reason. I did take a nap. Maybe I dreamed it. Maybe you dreamed it. I mean, it, I mean, Maglin was always fascinated with the Noldor and wanted to, you know, kind of rejoin them. But I, not, not to the point of, like... <laughs> now, what about you? Um, so mine would be uh, that whole so you know thing all outlawing Quenya um, because I, 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 I don't know it just like the the language becoming kind of a very rare and uh, like like the, the, or the wording he used was a language of lore that's the good like yeah that. that's really good kind of makes me think of kind of makes me think of how once Constantine moved to the seat of the Roman Empire to Byzantium everyone just stopped speaking Latin, but it was still used for official purposes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I thought of I thought of Latin as well, yeah. when, whenever that was brought like, up. Like, you know, Latin nowadays is reduced to, like, you know, Roman Catholic uh, churches and, uh, you know, those who study antiquity. Yeah. And those <coughs> who name plants. And those who name plants. See, I think reading animals. this this book has gotten me more interested in linguist- <laughs> linguistics <laughs> because I have been, like, diving into... Mm-hmm. Uh, Hindi and Hopi. Hopi is hard to yeah. like find a whole lot on. So that's been kind of. Oh, I, oh, I know. Well, uh, I, I know a Hopi word. Uh, it is Koyanaskatsi. I know one. I know it one means too. life out of balance. I know one too. It's Pawakatsi, which means bananas out of balance. I can't remember what that. And I know another one called Nikoikatsi. It means crazy life. That's what that one means. I think oh, because Gatsi like, all means life, right? Yeah, and I think the Koyakati means like like life is just absurd. Like life is war or something like that. Oh, that's what it is. It's life. Life is, is war. war. Yeah. So Pawakati is probably like, you know what? I, I, I we have, love we love the Gatsi movies. I had this idea. I had this idea. Okay. I had this idea earlier today where I was like, I have this like idea I'm working with that involves like naming of ships and I was trying to think of like really creative ways of naming ships and I was Kawakasi like life as tr- in transformation there you go I was trying to think of some interesting names for like ships and so I thought what about if I took parts of the human anatomy and took the words from that from various languages and used those like to name ships and it was so not it was as interesting as like, it would be leg head or something well like I was looking through it and like n- the thing about our words for human anatomy not very interesting in any language, so that uh, kind of fell short. Um, Corazon is cool in Spanish, I guess. Or, Some of the Chinese ones are pretty cool. Orequiete is ear. Orequiete, I mean, that 
And there's a pasta named after there it. There is. It's because really they look good. like ears. Because they look like ears. Make it with sausage. It's really yeah. My mom. My mom calls it little helmets. P.S. If you ever use the t- the word for a pasta, it's just named after what it looks like. Yep. Farfalla means butterfly. Yep. Penne. Like I actually that might be unique. I don't know what penne means. What about ditalini? What? Ditalini. Ditalini. Well, it's the little. It's the, it's like the little. Like, Lini just means small. But dita, I'm not sure. But like uh. It's like really small. I use it for macaroni and cheese sometimes. Okay, but like spaghetti means poorly endowed. What's the what's the what's the uh, like the spaghetti that's hollow? Bucatini. Bucatini, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is just like hollow. It's just hollow tube. It's like yeah. tube. Okay. <laughs> well, what I was going to say though is that Tolkien would be very glad that you're interested in the linguistics because again, that was like one of his big things. Clearly, he. You know, created entire languages. <laughs> well, and it's also like giving peace to like what it means. Like, what I mean, Meglin's name referenced like quick oh. look or stern yeah, look, yeah, like or sharp, sharp, sharp look, sharp yeah. look. Yeah, uh, Bucato is... means pierced. So Bucatini uh, is yeah. pierced pasta. But Meglin being called like what was it again? Sharp, sharp glance. Sharp glance. Mm-hmm. I guess is referencing. But what was his other name? Lord Log. Log. Uh, Child of the Twilight. Child of the Twilight. Did you say Lord Log? <laughs> I said Lord Log. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Which was, you know, kind of referencing, like, you know, that um, they were confined to uh, wandering about in the twilight because, of course, being the dark elf, Ale did not want to go yeah. out in the sunlight. So it would be Twilight. <laughs> yep. Yep. Weird. I don't even know what's going to happen. Things are named okay, for this, a purpose. We're at this point now where I don't know what to expect in the future. <laughs> at some point, hobbits are going to show up or whatever. Uh... I have no idea. I still at this point have no idea what a hobbit is. Like I know what a hobbit is, but I don't know what a hobbit is. Like I don't know how they came about. It's 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 when they uh, a hobo and an eagle make love. <laughs> You're gonna say something like that. And on that note, that's a Futurama joke, by the way. Yeah, we're gonna be back next week. Look, it's a hobbit. No, it ain't. It's a hobo and an eagle, but they're making a hobbit. <laughs> I forgot. Wait, about I want a rabbit. Why did I get eagle out of that? I'm Katie. I'm John. I'm Chase. I didn't, I didn't get left <laughs> out on that one at all. You're still Chase. <laughs> Blame John over here. It was her fault. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Talking Tolkien. You can find more podcasts at warpzonenetwork.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkingTolkien. You can also check out the Warp Zone Network's Patreon account at patreon.com slash warpzonenetwork. So thank you for listening to this podcast, and remember this week to toast to the professor. Professor.